So tell me about the vaccine that we are seeing now in development. The vaccine is it's what we call a subunit vaccine. It's not the entire virus. It's just one protein of a virus, and it happens to be the protein that makes out the outer shell of the virus. And so we call these virus-like particles. In some ways, we probably shouldn't have used this term because in, in many ways they're completely unlike a virus because they're non-infectious and they're non-oncogenic. They don't contain the genes of the virus that cause the cancer, just this one structural outer portion of the virus coat. Also about the subtypes then, how many subtypes do they protect against? There's two vaccines that are being developed commercially, one by GlaxoSmithKline, which contains two types, types 16 and 18, which account for 70% of cervical cancer worldwide. Now, the Merck vaccine contains those same two types against 70% of cancer, but also contains the types from two other viruses called 6 and 11, which cause 90% of genital warts, but they're not cancer-causing. So basically, the Merck vaccine is really combating two quite distinct diseases, genital warts and cervical cancer, whereas the GSK vaccine is is specifically targeting cervical cancer. So what is then the most up-to-date data that we have on its effectiveness? There's really been some very interesting interim analysis of -of proof-of-concept efficacy trials and then also the phase 3 efficacy trials. In preliminary results from the GSK vaccine, in a relatively small study, they showed 100% protection from persistent HPV infection by types 16 and 18, the oncogenic types, as well as the development of premalignant disease. And in larger studies now that have been reported by Merck, they also show basically 100% protection from persistent infection by types 16 and 18, and also these two types that cause genital warts, and then complete protection against premalignant cervical disease, but also complete protection against genital warts as well. So these are incredibly encouraging results that are far exceed the expectations that we could have had. Indeed, it sounds like it's working well. So, I mean, how long is it, do you think, before we will see this used on a very large scale? Well, Merck actually, as of December 1, applied to the U.S. FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, for a license to sell this vaccine commercially in the United States. And they've said that they're also applying for licenses in Europe and Australia. Given the high efficacy, and I also haven't mentioned that it's also been very safe, there's been no serious adverse events that have been associated with the vaccine. Expectations are, although it's not proven, but the expectations are that it will receive FDA approval and the vaccine could well be marketed by the end of next summer. This is perhaps a stupid question, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but um, for this vaccine to be effective in large populations, I mean, would it actually be necessary to immunise both boys and girls, given that the boys could carry it? That's actually a really good question. It's, it's, not, a, it's not an off-the-head <laughs> question. It turns out some of the modelling that's done in, in infectious diseases, and it's been done with HPV, is that if you have good coverage in interrupt infection in one sex, you get relatively little bang for your buck by vaccinating the other sex as well. So, for instance, it's much better to vaccinate 80% of women than to vaccinate 40% of men and 40% of, of women in terms of herd immunity and interrupting transmission. So, in countries that have limited resources, I would recommend that you concentrate vaccination in women because 90% of the HPV-associated cancers occur in women. Only 10% occur in men. So we really think that if you have limited resources, it would be much better to concentrate vaccination in women and try to, try to get good coverage among women. John Schiller speaking at the 45th ICAC conference. Thank you very much. Thank you.